A reading from Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man, I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed bounds for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far shall you come and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stopped. The word of the Lord. A reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commanded ourselves in every way, through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children. Open wide your hearts also. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel today comes from the book of St. Mark, the fourth chapter, beginning with the 35th verse. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, 
Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My dearest siblings, grace and peace to you from God in whom we live and move and have our being. Amen. Uh, Once at a small church, kind of like ours, there was a pastor who was doing a children's lesson and invited some of the kids to come and sit with him in front of the congregation during the service. And the pastor was doing a lesson that day on what the kids wanted to be when they grew up, trying to teach them that they could do what they're passionate about and, and, and they could uh, be used by God for whatever it is that they wanted when they grow up. And so he started with this question, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, one little boy who always liked to speak in front of the congregation raised his hand and said, I want to give you money, or I'm sorry, I want to give the church, no, I want to give you money, I'm messing up my own story, I want to give you money when I grow up. And the whole church oohed and awed. And the pastor, thinking that the kid was talking about giving the church money, thought this was a really wonderful moment to highlight this, this wonderful child's kid, his faith, etc. And so the pastor said, that's so nice that you want to give the church money when you grow up. I, I hope a lot of other people can hear this lesson. And the little boy said, no, 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 no. I want to give you money when I grow up. And a little dumbfounded, the pastor finally said, well, why do you want to give me money when you grow up? The little boy said, well, my dad said you're the poorest preacher we've ever had. (laughs) All right, so the joke still hit. (laughs) Happy Father's Day. (laughs) Today's Father's Day, and we hear this story about Jesus calming the storm, and I think that's a good place to start. When I reflect back on being a child with my parents, I felt like... My parents were Jesus in any kind of storm. And I, and I imagine for a lot of you it was the same way, that no matter what was going on in your life as a small child, when you were with your parents, it felt like everything was going to be okay. And that's how it was for me growing up. I mean, my family wasn't without its, its problems, and, and the world around us and its own kind of, of issues didn't stay away from us. But I remember being a kid... And when those moments would come, because I was there with my parents, knowing that, or at least feeling, that everything was going to be okay. It wasn't until I got older and started breaking away from my parents, as as we do when we grow up, that I realized that the world can be quite stormy sometimes. And not having that feeling of security, the world could also be quite scary sometimes. And, and I remember having that feeling of, well, I don't have my parents with me. I've got to figure this out on my own. I have to learn how to weather these storms on my own as an adult. I think maybe that's why a lot of us look back with fondness on those times when we were kids, just playing Uh, without any kind of recourse and having fun because our parents gave us that kind of security. I think that's a good analogy for our gospel text today. As we read this very famous story of Jesus calming the storm, I remember being a kid and acting this out in school and saying those words, peace, be still, thinking that it was just really cool. Jesus was able to calm this storm down. Jesus was able to save the disciples from tipping over into the sea and drowning. 
But in reality, this story isn't simply about Jesus calming an ocean or about Jesus protecting his disciples. This is uh, a story of Jesus having power over something so much bigger. This is a story about Jesus having dominion over chaos. See, oceans and seas had a very mythological place in antiquity. People in antiquity, in antiquity were terrified of the sea. They didn't have diving equipment back then. They didn't have scuba gear. They couldn't go down and see what was below the waters. And so for them, the sea represented the unknown. And typically, when we have those spaces of the unknown, our imaginations fill in the gaps, right? The sea was where monsters lived. It's where chaos dwelt. So for Jesus to calm the sea is not just simply to protect them, but to show that Jesus even has power over our greatest fear, the unknown and the uncontrollable. Now, most of us, whether we admit it or not, we are terrified of chaos. We are terrified of the unknown, of the things that we cannot control. I mean, that's why church is known for hating change, right? We don't like change at church because change means we're dealing with things that we don't know. And, and don't worry, this is not a sermon about us creating a bunch of change. But I think as we look at this last year, at this pandemic, um, that's, that's enough evidence of how we deal with change, with the unknown, with things that we can't control. As this pandemic has enacted itself in our lives and created guidelines or whatever it is, we've either ignored it, minimized it, denied it, or simply tried to control it, tried to work around it. I think this pandemic has shown that we as a society, we don't like change. We don't like chaos. We don't like the unknown. We don't like the uncontrollable. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the pandemic because we're moving past it, but because there's so much more to this text here, I actually want you to just think back into your own lives. Think back into those personal moments for you where life has vaulted you into the unknown. Maybe it was the loss of a job. Maybe it was a debilitating illness or injury of you or a family member. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. But those moments where no matter how much you've tried to control it or prepare it, you have been thrown into the unknown, into the uncontrollable. Think back into those personal moments of your life. Maybe you're going through it right now. What has your response been in those moments? Fear? Trying to control it? Ignoring it? Hoping that it's not real? What I find interesting about this story of Jesus calming the storm is that Jesus doesn't rebuke the disciples for not letting him sleep for not getting up and trying to calm the storm down themselves, for not trying to control the situation themselves. Jesus doesn't rebuke them for that. 
Jesus rebukes them for not having faith that because Jesus is in the boat with them, that everything's going to be okay. What a profound insight, right? Now, let me be clear. This is not a sermon about, you know, getting in your car and driving blindfold and praying that Jesus takes the wheel. (laughs) Don't do that. And if you do, don't blame me for it. This is not saying that if we have faith in God, that God's just going to take away our problems for us or that God's going to prevent them from coming in the first place. That's not what this is about. What this is is acknowledging that in those moments of chaos or the unknown or the uncontrollable, that we typically try to control those moments. We try to control chaos. But the truth is there's only one God over the chaos. There's only one Jesus in the boat. And when we realize that, when we experience it, in in my own experiences as a pastor and counseling people and in my own life, I've found that this has really two meaningful effects on us. There's those bad moments, those moments where we are, are vaulted into the unknown that we don't want to be vaulted into, dealing with pain or loss or grief or change that's, that's hurtful. And in those moments, realizing that God is with us, that, that Jesus is in the boat with us, realizing that we also fail to lean on that. Anytime we have have those moments of chaos or the unknown, when we try to control it or try to simply ignore it, that is us neglecting that Jesus is in the boat with us. And so what does that look like for us in those moments? It's not just praying to God, hoping that God shows up, takes the pain away, and makes everything okay again. But it's, it's leaning into this way of life that Jesus calls us into. Jesus calls us into a community with each other. It's in those moments of chaos, of the unknown, of leaning on your loved ones around you, leaving, leaning on this family gathered right here in this sanctuary, being there for each other in those moments of pain or sorrow or grief or loss, lifting each other up, checking in on each other, going and getting meals, all of those wonderful, wonderful things that we do for each other, leaning on this way of life that God has called us into. Prayer, but, but not prayer that God shows up and takes it away, but just simply prayer. Praying to God, venting to God, screaming at God. I've done it sometimes. It feels great, and God can take it. Crying to God just letting it out. And I think the big one is just letting go of trying to control, trying to brave that storm, trusting that Jesus is in the boat with you, and that ultimately, even though things might change, everything's going to be okay. In my experience as a pastor, that's probably where we need the most help. 
We've been raised to believe that we have to take care of things on our own, that that's the epitome of being an adult. But the truth is, this way of life of ours, this way of life that Christ calls us into, is about leaning on your community, and we need to do that better. I very much include myself in this sermon. But then there's this flip side to it that we don't realize. Those positive moments. Those positive moments of being vaulted into the unknown, into the chaos. Those moments when maybe we're moving away to a new location. Maybe we've gotten a new job. Maybe we've decided as an adult that we're going to go back to school. Maybe it's taking a chance with someone that we've never met but we want to be friends with. Maybe it's when a visitor walks into the church and you invite them to sit down with you or to come have coffee with you. Those moments of positive change, but it's still change. It's still the unknown. And these are also spaces where Jesus is with us in the boat, guiding us into new life, new relationships, new community. When I think of of those positive moments in my own life, I think about moving to Chicago for seminary. When I went to Chicago, I never visited the school. I never went to Illinois or Chicago to check out the city. I didn't even look at other seminaries. I simply applied to this one and thought, we'll see what happens. And then when they said, you're in, I thought, oh God, what have I done? And I packed my car up, and I left. And it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Following this passion of mine, not knowing where it's leading, not knowing what it looks like, but just trusting that God was calling me into this space. And it's led me into some of the most meaningful relationships. It led me back to Livier, and we got married. It led me right here with you. When I got the paperwork for this church, I said, where's Solvang? (laughs) That's chaos. That's change. That's the unknown. And for me, it was this profound example of just trusting that God was leading me and that God was with me. And I'm so grateful I did it. I'm so grateful that I'm your pastor. See, in my experience, folks, faith is not simply belief. Faith is about trusting that God is present with us in the unknown so that we can venture into it courageously. In the 1800s, scientists started developing what's known as chaos theory. And in the 1800s, chaos theory simply meant that there are parts of this world and our universe that cannot be explained, that do not have pattern to them, that chaos truly does exist. However, more recently, as technology has advanced, as we have better instruments, as we have been able to build upon the math equations and the physics and the knowledge of of scientists previously born, we've begun to realize that chaos does have rhythm, that chaos does have pattern. The problem is is that we weren't looking at it from a big enough picture. We were limiting, limiting ourselves. And as we have been able to look at the universe 
from a hundred or a thousand or a million years of information realizing that pattern exists all around us, that even chaos in the universe has some kind of meaning. That gives me comfort. That even these things that look so big, so chaotic, so overwhelming, that even though we can't fully understand the complete pattern to it, because we as humans are so limited, there's still some kind of pattern to chaos. That even God is so big that God probably understands what all of this is. Science just shows us how grandiose our God truly is. And so when life is chaotic for us, it's not chaotic for God because God is bigger. And God guides us through our storms, through our chaos, and through our new adventures. Amen.